if you're new to this whole world of baby led weaning and starting solid foods, you might still be on the fence as to whether this approach is going to work for you. And if that's the case, I want to send you my free feeding guide called Will Baby Led Weaning Work for My Baby? This is a guide that contains a decision tree map that you can work your way through to determine if this is the right approach for you guys and then when it's time to start. Grab your copy of Will Baby Led Weaning Work for My Baby on my website at babyledweaning.co slash resources. I was doing my breakfast dishes this morning, turned the garbage disposal on, and then heard that terrible noise when you know something is in the disposal, but like you can totally tell the damage has already been done. Sure enough, it was an easy peasy tiny spoon, totally shredded, which if I've learned anything about these baby lead weaning spoons from easy peasy is that the garbage disposal and the dog both love them. And I was bummed because it's one of my favorite colors that they make the light gray line, which is called pewter. But my garbage disposal disaster, I guess it came at just the right time because Easy Peasy is having their annual Mother's Day sale from this Friday to Sunday. So May 10th to 12th, you can get 20% off all of the Easy Peasy feeding gear with the affiliate discount code BLWMOM on orders of $50 or more. So this is a great time to stock up at 20% off because my regular easy peasy code is usually only for 10% off. So this bump up to 20% off is nice, but it's just for three days. So head to easypeasyfun.com to grab tiny spoons, their tiny cups, and the best suction mats and bowls for baby lead weaning. They have a really cool new bundle maker on their website if you want to group or piece a few items together or If you just don't want to think about it, then just grab one of the Easy Peasy First Foods sets. It has everything you need to give your baby a safe start to solid foods with baby led weaning. That code is BLWMOM for 20% off Easy Peasy orders of $50 or more now through Sunday, May 12th at easypeasyfun.com. And happy Mother's Day to you. So there are a lot of valuable kitchen tools that help with baby led weaning, but there's also some that you do not need to waste your money on. And I'm going to go through those as well. And I'm going to tease it to say I'm starting with the mesh feeder. This is the absolute most ridiculous baby food item out there. Hey there, I'm Katie Ferraro, registered dietitian, college nutrition professor, and mom of seven specializing in baby led weaning. Here on the Baby Led Weaning Made Easy podcast, I help you strip out all of the noise and nonsense about feeding, leaving you with the confidence and knowledge you need to give your baby a safe start to solid foods using baby led weaning. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Baby Led Weaning Made Easy podcast. I'm your host, Katie Ferraro. I'm a registered dietitian and mom of seven specializing in baby led weaning. And I spend a lot of time in the kitchen, which is why today I'm here to talk about your kitchen, sharing the 10 best baby led weaning kitchen tools. Now, if you're a little apprehensive, you don't love to cook, maybe you don't do it a ton, Or maybe you do, but you're like, what do I need to tweak as I start to prep foods for my baby? I think you're going to like this episode. Now, as I do in every episode, I want to start out with a baby led weaning tip of the day. Today's tip is you do not have to buy a bunch of gear to get a safe start with baby led weaning. That's why I love it. You don't have to rush out and buy all this stuff. These are just a few tools I have found that help with success in the kitchen. Some are smaller than others, but these are going to, I hope, make your life easier. And I'm going to run through each of these 10 best baby led weaning kitchen tools. Now, hang tight because I'm also going to share 
what you don't need for baby led weaning too. There are some really silly baby feeding items out there that I do not want you to waste your time or your money with. So I'll share those quickly at the end of the episode so you'll know what to steer clear from as well. So I was talking to a mom the other day about like, okay, tell me what your absolute favorite tool is. And so everyone's everyone's idea of what's useful in the kitchen is a little bit different. And I had been sharing mine and this mom, uh, her name is Allison, said that she really loves kitchen shears. She's like, I use kitchen shears for everything, but I never did so more until I had a baby. So like basically whatever she's making for her family, she has a portion of it. She kind of uses the kitchen shears or kitchen scissors to cut up the foods. And I was like, that's a good one. I, I have a sister who has six kids and literally like we just buy her kitchen shears for everything. She cuts all the kids food up when all they're all together with kitchen shears. I personally never do, but every time I see someone do it, I'm like, Hmm, that's an interesting concept. I should maybe do that more, but hopefully in today's episode, you guys will pick up some new tools that you're like, Hmm, I have one of those. I just never thought about using it that way. So I'm going to go ahead and start with some of the smaller items. One of my absolute favorite tools for baby led weaning in the kitchen is a grape cutter. Now, when I first heard of a grape cutter, I was like, what has happened to the world? Like, why can't people cut grapes anymore? But I discovered the grape cutter when I started doing baby lead weaning with my quadruplets. Now, I'd always heard, okay, grapes are dangerous and babies shouldn't eat grapes. But that's not necessarily true. Whole intact grapes or even halves of grapes certainly can be a choking hazard. But grapes, if you cut them into quarters, are perfectly safe to feed your baby. So I recommend quartering the grape. And that's not an ideal food for a baby who is six or seven months of age. They don't have their pincer grasp yet. They wouldn't be able to pick up those small pieces of grape. And I don't like serving small pieces of food to early eaters. Early on, we want to do the longer strips of food that are about the size of an adult pinky finger. And of course, grapes aren't that size. So hold off on grapes and then offered quartered grapes to your baby when they get that pincer grasp, which is usually around the eight month mark. And you'll notice that if you start baby led weaning around the six month mark, your baby's been self-feeding for about eight weeks. By the time they hit the eight week mark, you're much less frightened about smaller foods because they're becoming more proficient in chewing and maneuvering food around their mouth that a small piece like a quarter of a grape is not the choking hazard that it once was when your baby started with solids two months ago. So get a grape cutter. There's a great one from, I like the one from the brand OXO. They go in and out of stock. So I'm going to link to all of these tools in the show notes page. If you go to my website, blwpodcast.com slash 26. This is episode 26, the 10 best baby led weaning kitchen tools. And I'll link out to all of these so you don't have to write them all down. But um, a note about grapes, I quarter grapes up until about age one. And then at age one, I still cut them in halves. But remember that even beyond that, grapes can be a choking hazard for toddlers, especially if they're running around. Now, your little baby's not running anywhere, but as your baby becomes a toddler and becomes more proficient at eating, and we sometimes let our guard down regarding choking hazard, please always, that little red flag should go up whenever you are serving grapes or what usually happens, someone else is serving grapes and the kids are walking or running around, could very easily become lodged in their throat. So I just train my kids whenever we're eating anything we're seated preferably in chairs but if not possible then crisscross on the ground but certainly not running around eating apple, uh, grapes rather so the first favorite baby led weaning kitchen tool is a grape cutter another one i love i'll do the fruit favorites here first is an apple corer again who can't core an apple by themselves 
But if you're cooking a bunch of food at a time, which a lot of you guys will be, listen, I'm going to prep apples and I'm going to store or freeze some of the extra so I don't have to do this every day. A tool like an apple core can help you do a bunch of apples at once. Now, here's the deal with apples. Raw, crunchy pieces of fruit are not appropriate for babies. Those are a choking hazard. So no raw, crunchy apple slices or raw, crunchy pear slices or, you know, pretty much any fruit, if it's not particularly ripe, would be considered raw and crunchy. Stay away from those. If it snaps, it's not okay for your baby. But you can serve apples safely. And how I like to do it is to core the apple using the apple core, peel the pieces, okay, and then I'll put it in a little bit of water and cook it. I make cinnamon cooked apples. You can season them a bunch of different ways as well. But soft cooked apple slices are perfectly appropriate for baby led weaning. But again, we don't do raw or hard or crispy apples. So the apple core can help you kind of if you're prepping a lot of apples at once. So you can cook them again ahead and freeze them. Now, If you're interested in recipes like the cinnamon apple slices, I have a guide called, it's an ebook called the Quick Start Guide to Baby Led Weaning. It's 16 pages. It's kind of jam-packed with like everything you need to get that safe start to baby led weaning. The cinnamon apples recipe with some variations is in that ebook. I also have other tips in there and some other recipes for how you can season your baby's food without salt because we want our babies to experience a wide array of flavors and spices, just not added sodium or sugar. So in the quick start guide to baby led weaning, there's a lot of info in there. If you're not super into cooking without salt, this might be something you want to check out. And again, I'll link to that quick start guide ebook in the show notes page for this episode, which is blwpodcast.com slash 26. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. If you've been thinking about giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great option. It's a convenient, flexible, affordable, and entirely online experience. All you do is just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can also switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. I used to think therapy was just for people who have experienced major trauma, but therapy can help you be at your best no matter what you're going through. So whether it's to learn new positive coping skills, set more realistic boundaries, or just show up as a better version of yourself, BetterHelp is here to help. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so that you can do more of it. If you want to live a more empowered life, therapy can help you get there and BetterHelp can help you. Visit betterhelp.com slash weaning today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash weaning and get 10% off your first month. So my third favorite best baby led weaning kitchen tool is another one that works for fruit and that is a cherry pitter. Cherries are a challenge. First of all, because they're messy and they stain. So always do a full coverage bib if you can. But cherries, you cannot serve them with the pit to the baby. So a cherry pitter just makes your life a lot easier. If you are doing fresh cherries, you can pit a whole bunch of them at once using this tool. Again, the one I like is also from the brand OXO. I have a lot of their kitchen tools. I think they're pretty durable. They're a good value for the price. And again, I'll link to that on the show notes. A note about cherries though, for your earlier eaters, or if it's not cherry season, which I live in San Diego, I feel like cherry season is like a hot second and then they're gone. Uh, but you can do canned cherries. 
Obviously, canned fruits that have added sugar or syrup, those are not appropriate for baby led weaning. But you would be surprised, even in a traditional grocery store, you can find canned cherries packed in water. So they've already been pitted and they're, they're not packed in a sugary syrup. So keep an eye out for those as a way to do cherries for your baby. Sometimes they're a little on the tart side, which is really cool too, because then your baby can experience that new flavor again without the added sugar. So that's the cherry pitter. Another cheap, cheap, cheap kitchen tool that I love, and I only recognize my love of it because my friend introduced me to how you can use it for baby led weaning is the crinkle cutter. So I have to be honest, I've had a crinkle cutter living in the back of a kitchen drawer for years. And it wasn't until my colleague, Dawn Winkleman, who's a speech language pathologist that I do a fair amount of work with. She was like, how do you not use the crinkle cutter? I was like, I don't know. Like, what do you do with the crinkle cutter? Oh my gosh. She cuts tofu with the crinkle cutter. She cuts cooked zucchini, cooked vegetables like carrot and sweet potato to make them about the size of the strip. That's the size of your adult pinky finger. And she uses that as a way to kind of change up some of the sensory experience for your baby as they're going to try new foods. So not only visually does it look different, but the little ridges or the grooves on the strips of food make it easier for your baby to rake or scoop up that food, especially early on before they have their pincer grasp. So I think I have like a two or $3 crinkle cutter. And again, I have that linked in the show notes page for you too. If you want to check it out again, we don't use it on hard or crispy foods, but for any kind of soft stick foods that you might be cutting, try to mix it up with a crinkle cutter. Your baby will actually enjoy it as well. And it looks really cute. Next up on the list of the 10 best baby led weaning kitchen tools. I have recently fallen hook, line, and sinker for stasher bags. This is not sponsored content whatsoever. I don't have any formal work relationship with stasher. I just love their reusable silicone storage bags. So I've been trying to eliminate plastic in my kitchen as much as possible. The American Academy of Pediatrics reminds us that we do want, you know, common food additives may pose risks to children, and this includes plastic. So I'm trying to cut out plastic where I can, certainly in my food storage containers is one place I thought, all right, I can make a dent here. So the best bags that I found are the Stasher. It's S-T-A-S-H-E-R. I use these for for sandwiches, for kids for school or snacks. I've recently started using their, they have some stand-up ones that hold like larger containers of leftovers. My husband uses them. He loves to sous vide different foods for our family. And so you can actually seal them and they work in the sous vide maker as well. So there's a lot of, I think, flexibility there. They are a little on the pricier side, but I have a bunch of them and I've had them for almost two years now and they're good as new. So if you're prepping additional food that you want to freeze or store in the refrigerator, even for things like soups, these bags are so durable. They work really well. Um, Check out the stasher bags. They also help you cut back on plastic in your kitchen. Another tool that you might want to check out is called the Lucky Iron Fish. Now, I mentioned this back in episode 21, the three easy ways to increase iron absorption, but a Lucky Iron Fish is an iron ingot that you can cook with for certain foods like soups and broths, more the liquidy foods that you're making that has the potential to increase iron release from foods. So I make a creamy carrot soup that works great for baby led weaning because you can, of course, boil or roast carrot strips to serve to babies, and that's fine. But we talk about how babies may need to see a food 10 or 15 times before they like or accept it. So we want to mix up the ways that we're offering foods like carrots. So, you know, I don't know about you, but I get sick of boiled carrot strips. There's a great 
stew. You can make soups and stews for babies, especially older babies who get a little more proficient with their tiny spoons. But you can also, for earlier babies, even drain off a lot of the liquid, kind of make a chunkier soup that's a new texture for the baby, a different temperature experience. Of course, we don't want to serve it hot but warm. They will eat it a little bit with their hands, but you can also help practice with self-feeding by spoon. And I also like to use thicker soups to put in the baby's tiny cup to help them practice with their open cup drinking as well. So you might have heard, but it's a good idea to start your baby drinking out of an open cup as early as six months of age. Now, your baby's not going to get proficient right off the bat, but practice does make perfect. And by the age of one, the feeding goal is to have the baby drinking out of an open cup with minimal spillage. And so the cup that I like for for open cup drinking is called the tiny cup. That's also from Easy Peasy. Dawn, the colleague and friend that I was telling you about with the crinkle cutter, she actually designed both the tiny spoon and the tiny cup for the company Easy Peasy. They both really revolutionized the baby led weaning space. These are tools that are appropriate and developmentally designed for babies age six to 12 months to give them a safe start to solid food. Safety is of course important, but I think almost equally as important is to help you build an independent self-feeding baby. They need to have the right tools. So I like to do this creamy carrot soup that I make with the lucky iron fish, a little bit higher iron. There's a couple of studies, one particular study out of India that shows that the iron fish using that in cooking helps to increase iron release from foods by up to 16%. So the Lucky Iron Fish make the creamy carrot soup, serve it in the open cup. You'd be amazed how quickly your baby can start drinking from an open cup. Um, When you do the open cup, I like to do either just breast milk or formula. I don't do water Um, as a thin liquid. It can be more challenging for your baby to drink. I did a whole episode about water. If you go back to episode 24, It's called water, when to offer your baby water and how much. I talk more about what you want to be serving out of the open cup, but spoiler alert, it's not water. So next up on the list of my 10 favorite or best baby led weaning kitchen tools is a food processor. Now I'm getting into like the little bit more pricier items. Some of these you might have and never use. Some you might be like, okay, I've been meaning to get that. So maybe baby led weaning is the impetus that you need to do it. But I personally... I can't remember the last time I cut an onion that was not in the food processor. And I know like the true foodies and the chefs out there are going to be like, oh, but you can tell the difference. I promise you babies cannot tell the difference if you cut the onion with your incredible knife skills or if you did it in the food processor. So personally, having a large family, seven kids cooking regularly for 10 people or more every day, there's always someone else over here. Um, I use the 14 cup Cuisinart food processor. I've had it since I got married, so 12 or 13 years that's sad. I can't remember, but it's 14 cups. I remember that. I don't know how many years I've been married for. Um, but I use the food processor for things like cutting up vegetables. Um, for example, Brussels sprouts. So Brussels sprouts on their own are not safe to serve to babies. And if you do make them safe, they're so mushy, they taste terrible. So I like to do shaved Brussels sprouts and make Brussels sprouts fritters for the babies. I would just use the shredder attachment on my food processor. Almost every single recipe I make for baby lead weaning, I would utilize the food processor. And I'm not a big fan of appliances that go on your countertop. Like I don't like to look at them. The food processor is one my husband's like, you use this multiple times a day. Like, why are you always putting it away in the cabinets? I know I should probably just leave it on the counter, but um, the food processor is a heavy use item in a baby led weaning kitchen. Another one that I use a lot is the instant pot. Now, don't 
too now because I said Instant Pot. And you're like, oh, everyone loves the Instant Pot. I was a late adopter to the Instant Pot. I did not love the Instant Pot early on because I was like, I already have a three-in-one electric cooker at a Fagor, and I still have it for many years. And I, it's a workhorse, but the Instant Pot, I wanted to learn how to make yogurt at home because yogurt's a wonderful food for baby led weaning, but it can be really expensive. So I was like, if I can make it with whole milk, which is cheaper than yogurt and use a yogurt starter, I feel like I would be saving some money. So I got an Instant Pot that had the yogurt setting on it. And it took me a long time to figure out how to make yogurt in the Instant Pot. And it wasn't until I got Jenna Helwig's book. So I don't know if you guys follow her on Instagram, but she's at Real Baby Food. And she writes cookbooks with baby led weaning recipes. And she did one for um, a three-in-one cooker, basically an Instant Pot. So I'll link to her Instant Pot baby led weaning cookbook in the show notes here. Again, that's blwpodcast.com slash 26. Her recipe for making yogurt for baby led weaning is spot on. I don't know what I was doing wrong until I had her recipe. But um, a couple other recipes that I make in the Instant Pot, I love to do black lentils. So um, I like to make Indian dal. I'm pretty good at yellow by myself, but for whatever reason, I need to make the black one in an Instant Pot. I also do hard-boiled eggs in the Instant Pot. I know you can do hard-boiled eggs on a stovetop, but like the timing is much faster in the Instant Pot. So sometimes in the morning, if I I can make a dozen hard-boiled eggs in a few minutes, it takes a lot less time. Um, and even less cleanup, I feel like, than just doing it on the stovetop. And hard-boiled eggs are a great way for your baby to experience a rubbery texture that they don't get elsewhere. I also do Instant Pot steel-cut oats. You basically use the Instant Pot for recipes that I forgot to start earlier, and I need to speed them up. So I use the pressure cooker setting a lot, but I also use the slow cooker. The yogurt setting is great. It can brown. I mean, there's a lot of utility, I think, in one device. Besides baby led weaning, what other type of podcasts do you like to listen to? Well, if you're into true crime and you also dig traveling, I want to tell you about a new podcast you are going to love. The new podcast is called Slaycation, and it's a darkly humorous look at murders and mysterious deaths that all take place on vacation. So the show is hosted by a true crime fanatic and her comedy writer husband, and he has a TV producing partner. So Slaycation brings a totally unique perspective to chilling, thrilling, what the heck stories of vacations gone horribly wrong from the twisted tale of Harold and Tony Henthorne, whose romantic anniversary in the Rocky Mountains ended with one of them falling off a cliff, to Angelica and Vincent, their two recently engaged lovebirds, whose Hudson Valley kayaking adventure ended up underwater. Every episode of Slaycation will have you asking, accident or murder? But it's not just the stories that will intrigue you. I think you're going to love the discussion between the longtime married couple and the business partners. They also happen to be an Emmy-nominated TV producer's Every episode of Slaycation also includes humor and takeaway and travel tips that are going to keep your next family vacation from becoming your last. So if you're ready to pack your body bags, Slaycation is available on all major podcast platforms. Search for Slaycation on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. The next tool that I use, it's a little bit on the larger side, is an air fryer. Again, I held out on the air fryer for a long time, but um, we have the XL I still wish it was bigger, but um, it's basically a way that you can, instead of frying with a lot of oil, and there's no problem. I like to use oil for babies for baby led weaning. I'm glad I have this because I know a lot of adults use the air fryer to like, quote unquote, fry for lower calorie fried foods. 
I don't really use it for like that. For baby led weaning, I use it for a totally different reason because the texture of the foods that you make in an air fryer is different than what you can achieve from your typical kitchen appliances. So again, I mentioned I'm not a fan of countertop appliances. The air fryer is a little clunky. It does live in a cabinet, out of sight, out of mind. I definitely don't use it as frequently as the Instant Pot or the food processor. But I sometimes at the beginning of the week will pick out, okay, these are at least two recipes I want to make using the air fryer. A good one that I do a lot are these pistachio crusted tofu nuggets. It's not a food I do for six and seven month olds. Um, but once your baby's a little bit bigger, you've already introduced them to tree nut you know, intact nuts are a choking hazard, but if you crush them up very small and make like a breading or a coating, they go great for tofu nuggets, which come out with a really cool texture inside of the air fryer. So again, I'll link to a blog post in the show notes that has that recipe for you if you guys want to check it out. Then the last tool that I recommend, this one's a little out there, again, on the bigger side, but I really love the learning tower from little partners. I post a lot of videos with my kids helping to make different recipes and people are like, what is that tower your kids are standing in? So if your kids want to cook, obviously having them on the counter is annoying. I guess it depends how much counter space you have. It's also not safe. So I like a tower that you pull up to the side of the kitchen counter that the kids can stand in safely to help cook. Now, if you have a six month old baby, you're like, my baby can't stand up. It's just something to think about down the road. But if you have toddlers who are perhaps exhibiting some signs of picky eating, one of the ways to get them interested more in preparing foods and eating foods, you know, the foods that they help prepare, they're more inclined to eat, is to involve them in the kitchen. And I know cooking with toddlers is not for everyone, but if you do have a little bit of extra time, get them set up in the tower, give them a task when they're more engaged in the foods that they're making, especially if they're helping to make it for babies. Hey, you know, baby Tom is trying uh, tofu today. Do you want to be a brave brother and show how you help make the tofu or explain what color the tofu is or what does it feel like or taste like, you know, having the kids right with you there at the countertop and not worrying that they're going to fall off the bar stool and crack their head is helpful. So we use the one from Little Partners. Um, It's spacious. I've put like up to five toddlers in it. I'm sure that's not uh, recommended by the brand, but you can put a couple of kids in there safely. It's a little bit bulky. Like I store it in my garage and then pull it in, which is kind of annoying, but the kids they always ask for it, like get the tower and if they want to help cook. So it's just a way that I like to kind of preserve the sanity in the kitchen when I'm trying to make foods for the babies. And then I've seen like, I know my sister-in-law just got one for her daughter who only recently turned one. She's like 18 months toddling around. She can climb up into the tower and be safe standing there next to mom at the counter when she's making foods for dinner. So those are my 10 best baby led weaning kitchen tools. Um, I promised you that I would also recommend or mention tools that I don't like. I don't want to mention any by brand, but there are a lot of really gimmicky things out there related to feeding that I don't think you need to waste your time on. So real quick, I want to run through those. The first one being the mesh teether, the mesh feeding bag. They're tremendously popular because they appear to allay parents' fears associated with choking, but a mesh feeder bag really takes away your baby's ability to truly explore and experience perfectly safe foods that don't require a quote unquote barrier. So they're this like plastic contraption that has a mesh bag put on it and you put some fruit in there and then you give it to the baby to suck on. Um, To be honest, these are dangerous for babies who already have teeth. It says all over the packaging, don't use a mesh feeder to serve to a baby with teeth. And yet parents throw the packaging out and I routinely see them using it. Um, I have a family member who unfortunately did use a mesh teether for her baby who had a tooth, that baby pulling the mesh teether bag against the front tooth actually popped out 
her front baby tooth at like nine months of age. And only recently did this baby become a five-year-old who lost her other front tooth and looks like all the other five-year-olds because now she's missing a front tooth. But unfortunately, there was nothing they could do. This baby was missing her baby tooth. Not the end of the world, but you know, uh, your baby needs those teeth to kind of continue the experience of learning how to eat. Let's not sacrifice them for a mesh teether, which is rather unnecessary. Um, mesh teethers give the illusion also that babies can't eat whole intact foods like soft fruits and vegetables, meats and starches, which they totally can. That's precisely what baby led weaning helps babies do. So I think a mesh teether is not only unnecessary and gimmicky, it gives the false association, oh gosh, this makes the food safer for my baby, rather than I think parents need to learn how to make food safe for their baby, not put everything in a mesh feeder and assume it's going to be safe. So I think this is one you could totally bypass. Another one is spoons that squirt. The same sister-in-law who had the baby with the tooth fallout gave me one of these spoons. We had our eldest children within one week of each other. So she was always buying me like wacky baby gear she found on Amazon. And there was this spoon that you like pushed a puree into the end of, and then you, it was like a hollowed out tube on the handle. And then you would squirt the food into the baby's mouth. And I was like, even when I didn't know anything about baby led weaning, I was like, that seems a little ridiculous. Like the design of the spoon has not changed over centuries, probably for a reason. You guys, babies can start using a spoon around six months of age. Yes, at first you have to preload the spoon and offer it to your baby. You may have to help your baby bring the spoon to their mouth, but this is totally different from squirting food into your baby's mouth. As you can, you know, the visual probably you can assume really flies in the face of everything that baby led weaning is about, which is allowing your baby to be in charge and regulating their own intake, not us squirting food from a pouch or a spoon um, when there's perfectly safe ways for babies to eat foods on spoons if they if we do the preloaded spoon technique or cooking soft versions of those foods. We don't have to puree everything for weeks and months on end. So again, the spoon that I do prefer for baby led weaning is called the Tiny Spoon from Easy Peasy. You guys can get 10% off all of the Easy Peasy products with the code KD10. I'll link to those in the show notes. That Those are the spoons along with the tiny cup that Don Winkleman designed for Easy Peasy. Another one parents ask me about all the time on my workshops is, I got this fancy baby food maker for my baby shower. Which brand do you like or how do I use it? I have received my fair share of baby food makers sent to me from various baby feeding companies over the years. Most of them are nothing more than a steamer that then purees food and not to be sarcastic, but I have two items in my kitchen that already do this. One is called a pot and then also my hands or a spoon or a fork can do pretty much the same thing that a baby food maker does. And then the baby food maker companies say, oh, but then we serve it at the right temperature. It's like, well, I can also leave that food on the counter until it gets to the right temperature, test it with my clean finger to see if it's safe to feed my baby. You guys get the point here. Like some of this more expensive baby food gear claims to make all these things that you're like, gosh, you know, use common sense. If at the end of the day you could do it yourself, like why would you spend a couple hundred bucks on a device that you're literally going to use for days, right? Even if you're doing my purees for a few days approach to baby led weaning, you only puree foods for a few days. So why would you go buy an expensive contraption that you're only going to use for a few days? Um, I think personally as a parent and caregivers, you guys can manipulate the consistency and regulate the temperature as part of your jobs associated with feeding your babies. Last one that I think is a ridiculous waste of money, but just doesn't go away, are produce washes. Don't even get me started on produce washes. You guys, you know which ones they are. They're the ones that basically claim that water isn't good enough to wash, quote, potentially harmful pathogens off your food that you're about to feed to your baby. Um, 
produce washes, as far as I'm concerned, are another in a long line of unnecessary gizmos and gadgets that they help you feign, like they feign safety with food. There's nothing wrong with water and friction. You don't need to go waste your money on a produce wash. Um, the CDC actually maintains that washing your fruits and vegetables underwater is the recommended routine for removing general pathogens. You use a little elbow grease, some friction, run it under the running water. You use your hands to scrub stuff, a clean scrub brush. Save your money on fancy produce washes. You don't need them. So there you have it. 10 of my favorite baby led weenie kitchen tools Four that I don't think you need to waste your money on linking everything from this episode in the show notes. That's blwpodcast.com slash 26. I'm also going to link up to that quick start guide for baby led weaning. My ebook that I shared has a bunch of seasoning recipes and combination food recipes like the cinnamon cooked apples. It's got my curried cauliflower in there. If you're looking for some easy recipes that don't have a lot of sodium, you're going to want to check out that quick start guide ebook. So a little bit long today. Sorry guys, but I love talking about kitchen stuff. I hope you found this helpful as well, and I'll see you next time. Bye now. Mm-hmm.